Dein Tuschi. I mean, we at least got to announce the episode number. Nate, by special request. What? What number is it again? Or was it the? Maybe was it just a coincidence? Yeah, I don't. I don't remember which number we are. Oh, I'll look. I'll look it up. <laughs> I think we're at sixty nine. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's listening in their headphones just got their ears <laughs> destroyed. Um. Yeah, we're at 69. You know, this was... I, I told you guys it was 100 from the jump, but really, this was the goal, you know? And just That's a big achievement. I've aspired to just get to 69, and we did it. And we've come a long ways, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was... I think I was, like, 17 the first time. Were you actually? Okay, I... Oh, my phone's in the other room, but... Um, yeah, I was I was telling the girl I ran with today. Shout out Laura Ann, who's definitely not listening to this. Maybe she doesn't know you, so probably not. <laughs> but I wait. What was it? What was I gonna say? You were telling her. Oh I, yeah, the la- our first episode, and because that was the summer going into senior year. Just like crazy, because. I feel so much different than that than that dude. Like, yeah. Do you feel? I mean, there's definitely similarities, but like, what were you doing that summer? You were just working at Boathouse, right? I was that that summer. I was Boathouse plus the hospital. Yeah. So, two jobs. I was yeah, just hanging out. That was right before you were about to move in. I yeah, think. it was like July something maybe late july or something like that yeah um yeah i dude i've been like using my i've been using the same notebooks that i use for undergrad like the Mm -hmm. one i pulled out was so i don't i one of my other notebooks filled up so I, i i started a new one for this microbiome course that i'm taking and i I, I don't know if I ever talked to you about planetary microbiology. That last course I took right before I graduated. A little bit, but... It's, it was just, like... It was basically just, like, going over microbes and, like, how... How, like, li- how they think life, like, happened, basically. And I I only use, like, half the notebooks. I'm, like, I'm just going to use it for this three-week yeah. course because yeah. there's no way I'm going to fill it up. And I, I don't know. I just... I flipped all the way to, like the next blank page and then i like just flip back to like my last notes and it was of course like going over the final for the course and stuff and the date was like it was like i think it was like five like five one twenty three and i was just like i was i i don't know why but it just like made me laugh that's like, like the last time i was taking a class i haven't taken any education since then like i don't i don't know how to describe it but like once you start PT school, if you use the same notebooks you use for undergrad, it's like, it's oh, I got so, rid of all of my stuff. It's so weird, bro. Like, I look, I look back, and I was like, I don't know. I just imagine myself writing that, and I was like, never what I thought. Like, I'd be filling in these blank pages, you know, yeah. as like a PhD student. I don't know. It's just like, 
It's so weird. Like Full circle moment. Yeah, I think, like, undergrad me was like, oh, I'll just, like, save these notebooks and hold on to them just to, like, look back on. I don't know. Yeah. And, like... Which you're never actually going to do. Yeah. And then I just ended up picking them up. I, th- I feel like if there's one person or one field that would pick them up, it would be, like, a PhD student. And I, I have had, like... um. Like, both of my labs that I've been in have been, like, bacteriology labs. Uh-huh. So, I just, like, I found myself, like, I actually, I still, we still have access to Canvas. So, I, like, find myself, like, going, because now I'm studying, like, these pathogenic, like, bacteria. And we, that, that like, I, I, like, receive lectures from, like, fall of last year. So, I was, like, yeah. it's, it's honestly a good primer to just go back and, like, open them up and, like, check out and... I was like, oh, I do remember, like, there's, like, certain, like, genes that, like, contribute to this bug's, like, disease. And I was like, oh, yeah, this one, this one, this one. It's, like, kind of like a refresher. But, I don't know if I plan on logging back into Canvas anytime soon. Dude, you don't even think, like, for Fizz? Like, once you start taking Fizz again? Like... I mean, I'm going to have to, like... I'm probably pretty soon going to start studying anatomy again. Just yeah. Just kind of leg up. But I feel like I can do that on my own and not go through my Canvas courses through all my old notes. So yeah. That just lots of long nights at the libraries with those ones. Especially yeah. those two classes and that and Fizz or about, about to get back into yeah, it. Yeah, about to hop back in. Yeah. I, I, I just think I like going back to those old courses because that's, that's when I first learned the content. And, like, for me, I remember diagrams a lot. So, like, when the new professor, like, let's say, like, my PI is, like, teaching me about this bug. And then, like, uh-huh. she shows me some other diagram. It's not going to click as much as if I go back to the original. Because now yeah. my brain's going to be like, oh, I remember this. And then, like, it'll, it all, I don't know. It, it like, kind of comes flooding back. So, that's, that's kind of why I like that. But I think, I think we're losing access to Canvas soon. It seems like they're deactivating our emails. Yeah, I got an email about that. So I don't know. Yeah. I think we're going to lose our emails too, which I thought we kept forever. Yeah, I also did. Someone like a, someone who graduated told me that we kept them. So I was like, I I still use my WISC email for a bunch of stuff too. So yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to have to look through and figure out like, like this place, Fitzsimmons, like our, our housing place is connected with, cause we, I didn't have my Anschutz email then. So like. I'll probably have to, like, go in there and, like, change the email or something. Um, also, I thought, because I was taking microbiome, I forgot that I, I took a microbiome course in undergrad. And, like, our one of our finals was, like, wait, how did they do it? There's no way we collected crap, right? Collected Oh, my God, crap. we did. As in, like, yeah. shit? Yeah, we had to, <laughs> we had to like crap in this bag, but then we could submit it to this third party company and they'd like, they do like metagenomics on it and like figure out the composition <laughs> oh, of your microbiome. Yeah. So like, I have a PDF of like all my data and all I, your, I, I want to save that. I want to go back because it's, it's on my email, but I, I, I think it's saved on my old computer, but I want to make sure that I still what have it. The? It's, it was cool, bro. The government's using that to clone you. No, no, no. Yep, that was not an innocent shit you took. Dude, microbiome was crazy, though. Yeah, that would be pretty cool to realize. I mean, I'm sure you'd know a lot more about it than I would. But yeah. 
That's crazy. Microbiomes associated with a ton of diseases. But enough about the science. I'll, I'll get off the science. Me and Jared like nerded out about the science for a long time. Science is good. I mean, I was saying this when we started, but like, okay, for anyone that doesn't know, like, I'm glad seeing you clicked on this episode because you already know. But like, it's me, me, Nate, and Nate's girlfriend Bella. Like, we all live together in Denver, or technically Aurora. Aurora. But like, no one really knows Aurora, so <laughs> unless you know, like, that was like popular. Wasn't that like a like a famous school shooting or something? Uh, we there was a movie theater shooting here. Like. A long time Shout ago. Shout out to, right? the, to the OGs. Wasn't it a long time ago? Yeah. I actually... Oak Creek had a major shooting. And now Aurora did, so... Watch out, Madison. Because I'm, I'm two for three. Yeah, you're just the unlucky beast, <laughs> I guess. But... Yeah, it's... I mean, Aurora's essentially a suburb of Denver, I would say. It's a large suburb. Then you say it's like the second biggest city in... Colorado. It's third. The Springs. Shout out, Uncle. Yes, sir. <laughs> Are you seeing him tomorrow? Yeah. Driving down there early tomorrow. Um, yeah, made the move out here, what, almost four months ago now? Yeah. Nate's got his his uh, winter hat on now, which gives you some some time frame where we're at. It's a little chilly out there. Once I put a hat on, it can't come off for the rest of the day. Cause oh, the hair. The hair is just yeah. not doing it anymore. The short hair with me, I can pull it off. But yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I'd always wear it to class. I, I, so there would be stays when I'd walk in like, like single digit weather. And I would like keep that hat off. And my ears would freeze. But I'm like, I'm not messing up the flow. Like, yeah. Priorities. Yes. Yes. I am. Cause I knew I could pull with the flow, you know. If you know, if you know what I'm saying. Back with your COVID hair, that was. Oh gosh, bro! You just had a mop on your head, essentially. <laughs> well, that, that was, was I knew the one time where I was like, I do not care about my appearance. Like, I'm not pulling anything. No, I'm not pulling anyone over COVID. So I'm like, I remember I'm just gonna I grow it out. Cause I, I, I didn't did no see shave you. November. I didn't see you that much during COVID. I think I saw you in like September and then not again to like December or something. And I was like, who is this kid? And yeah. why does he have like four pounds of hair on top of his head? Yeah, me and Alex Gray, I think this was this was like early on sophomore year. And Aiden Godfrey, which he backed out of it, but like <laughs> we all sat down at the like outside of our courtyard at at um at our old house at ten thirteen and we were just sitting outside like kind of just shooting the shit or whatever and like gray was like contemplating growing out his hair and of course like gad is like always down to take all these bats so it was like me me gad and gray and gray was like we should all just grow our hair out and then we all shook on it and then gad cut his hair like three months later and i was like bro come on lame and i don't know alex like still has the flow now i feel like alex pulls it off he does i did i could not will you ever bring it back no no I think he knew how to like, he knew how to how to like style it better it than I did too. Better with different people too. Yeah, I did. I don't think I have the. I think you have to have a certain part too. Like I think the part really helps. I don't even know what my part is. I don't like. I don't really part my hair to begin with. Like it, it doesn't. You see, like it doesn't like part. No, you just like put it up in front. 
Do yeah, you I use think stuff looks... in your hair? No. No? All a lot match. of times with, like, yeah, like, a lot of times with the, uh, like, I don't shampoo as much just to, for the oils, the sake of the oils, but, like, if you go, like, two, three days, like, the oils will just do it for you. Like, this is all the oil. Oh, I hate the feeling of, like, grease in my hair, though. Yeah, you get used to it, though. Like, that's how it's supposed to feel, like, actually. Like, I know. You don't, I just, uh, I don't like it. It's just, like, I think society is, like, skewed I I need to get new shampoo because, like, mine... Mine just, like, strips my hair. Like, I'll come into work, and there'll be, like, dandruff. And I'm, like, I don't, I like, I genuinely don't have dandruff. But, like, the shampoo just, like, literally sucks out all of all of the moisture that was there. Well, and the like, dry air out here probably isn't helping you. Yeah. Either. So, if anything, I, I want a shampoo that would, like, and this is, I don't even think this is possible. Because to clean your hair, like, they're going to have to take out, like, some moisture. But, like, ideally, somehow add moisture to my hair. Because, like. That's how I think that's how it looks You just pour some like olive oil in your hair every now and then. <laughs> that dad used to do that. I don't know. He might still do that. He, does, he doesn't do olive oil, but he does. Apparently, if you let like apple cider vinegar, like like apple cider vinegar is apparently like, like you can drink it. Apparently, it's really good for it's your like skin. It's like a superfood, isn't it? Yeah. Like, and then it's like amazing for your hair, I guess. So like he would like, I think like just put it in there. I don't know if you're supposed to let it I sit for a day. But it's, I don't, it's supposed to promote some healthy, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. My, my dad got really into apple cider vinegar um, when I was in like middle school, high school. And whenever I would start getting sick, he would pour me in a shot glass, <laughs> a shot of apple cider vinegar. Doesn't work. Yeah, it's such but a hoax. He, uh, he believed it. And I think he still does, to be honest. Yeah, that was another hoax we resolved last night. I think, come to think of it, like, a lot of people, I think, have the... My grandpa always told me this. I'd, I'd come out, like, when I when I was a kid and I played basketball before, like, everyone got good. Like, and I could actually, like... <laughs> when 5'7 was tall enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is, like, third grade. <laughs> no, but, like, I was still pretty young and my, like, grandpa would come. And I'd be, like, hot after the game. And I'd be like, I'm just going to like walk outside with a t-shirt on, you know, and this is winter. It's like in Wisconsin, it's like 15 degrees. And he's like, no, 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 put a coat and a hat on. And I was like, grandpa, I'm like hot and also sweaty, which is just going to make my coat smell like crap. But he's like, no, you go, you go out there without a hat on and you're sweaty. You're going to get sick. See, I believe that too. And like Mansoor told us last night and... I don't know. I've I've taken I've taken a couple of immunology courses now and like I guess they've never blatantly said no, but like to my knowledge, I don't think there's any research supporting that. Which maybe maybe stuff will come out. I'm not saying it's not true, but I don't there's nothing to support it as of now. Okay, my we're gonna get back into science talk now, but I have a yeah. question. Why why do you get sick when like the seasons change then? Because that's like a definite thing. Like I get yeah. sick whenever whenever it turns to like fall to winter. Like that causes me to get sick. But is it due to the temperature? And not? these are the questions that like I I think I just need to like I need to talk to like you, but more so like average Joe's like Bella, who like don't know a ton about the immune system, but have like questions like this. That are like, because these are the most important questions. I, these are the questions that I'm going to get asked most, like, yeah. post-PhD, you know? And it's like, I don't know the answer to that. Because my mom always says, 
Like if you're feeling sick, like go take a walk outside and like get some fresh air. And I, I honestly like do think there's some research behind that. Everyone has their own like fixes to getting sick. Yeah. But... Um, I don't think there's any, I don't think there ever will be anything to prove this, but I, I do think like, honestly, just, and this is like a person to person thing. Again, I have nothing to back this up with, but like research or like nature, nature really like relaxes me in a way. So like whenever I feel like that, I will like purposely like put myself in nature like go in the woods or something and like usually seems to help um, i mean just physical activity in itself is gonna yeah. make you better too shout out kines i yeah. actually i interesting fact of the day i i guess it's not really a fact but i was talking to one of my coworkers. shout out eric who will never hear this but <laughs> He was telling me because he worked in a in a hospital for a while on like a cardiac floor or whatever, and it's like every single patient I've ever had who's over a hundred years old walked every day. That's nuts. Every single one, like that's the key to longevity. Just be active, move your body. Yeah. You don't even you don't have to like go to the gym and lift a ton of weight, but move your body. Yeah. Like that's that's the key. It's it's so simple. Hmm. I did not realize that. Mind blowing. So, if you're listening to this, get outside, go for a walk. You can put your AirPods in, keep listening to me and Jeremy talk it up. Yeah. Go, go for a walk. <laughs> is is a run even better though? I mean, what's your goal? Because one of your PT professors said otherwise, right? It's Which not, I think is kind of a hot take, but maybe that'll change. Running is bad for your joints. It's good for your cardiovascular health. Does it does it support joint like density though? Joint I, I'm, density? What do you mean by joint density? Or I guess bone density. I know. It's I mean it's gonna strengthen your muscles. It's I don't think it's gonna affect your bone density. I just wonder because like I see the bones similar to muscles. Like, you know, when you work out your muscles, like to my knowledge, what happens, and maybe this is wrong, but like to my knowledge is like you, I go, I like work out my chest. Right. And then like, it gets bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's but, like, is it like, bones the, are the, different. and like the muscle comes back like stronger then. So I'm, I'm also thinking like you're, you're applying all this impact to the bones. Like, would it just like repair itself and then end up repairing itself like more i mean maybe but you're also causing damage to all your ligaments and all of your like won't those all come back your meniscus and your joint cap i mean no no ligaments aren't things that like build over time they're just there yeah and if you wear them down they don't repair themselves they're not like muscles where you can like repair them or anything that's why like if you tear your acl if you're aaron Rodgers and you tear your achilles like you have to go in and repair that it's not gonna yeah. come back together on its own it's like by running you're doing damage to your joints maybe you tear a ligament over time who knows what you're gonna do and i don't know surgery is dangerous you want to avoid surgery as much as you can yeah so. i've always found that to be weird though like why why does someone that's like been in a factory for both 20 years, they both do the same things. Like my dad, for example, like he'd always 
like he he assembled trucks for like like military vehicles for like 15 20 years like and now he has like he'll uh, he has like carpal tunnel on his wrist yeah whereas like there's other dudes at his job that did the same thing and like they're fine you know a lot of it is the form you're using that's why like in my job right now like i work in a workers comp clinic so it's people who are doing these repetitive motions we have a lot of like amazon workers who are like moving boxes down the line or whatever it may be and like we focus so much on form of lifting and moving things because if you're if you're picking up a 20 pound box and moving it 500 times a day and you're doing that for 10 years if, you, if your technique is even a little bit off think about how much damage you're going to do to your yeah. body and so i think that's a huge thing there's also anatomical differences everyone's built different like we all have slight slightly different muscles and they run through different ways or whatever it may be but i mean some of it is just luck of the draw so biomechanics wise it might just be yeah that that person just it's it's probably a combination of that and technique because technique is huge like you would be shocked the way i see some people like lift things and these are people who like lift their job is to lift boxes. I, I, when I worked at UPS, we were taught how to lift, and I still do it to this day. And it was like, it's, it's just like, people it are matters a lot. so bad. People will just like, I mean, there's, it's pretty basic. Like, use your legs, try and keep your back straight. Like, if you do those two things, you're going to be fine for 99% of cases. But people just don't even know that. And I mean, it's cool. UPS actually like teaches you how to do yeah. it. Because a lot of these companies just, like, don't care. And they just, like, throw their workers in there and they're like, good luck, hope for the best. And those are the companies that a lot of people are getting hurt at. And yeah. It's stupid from their for perspective, their, too. Yeah, I was just going to say They're the that. ones paying yeah. for all this the PT, workers come, all the right? doctors. Yeah. And I don't understand it. Like, wouldn't you want to keep your workforce healthy? So yeah. that I'm get, I, that's the only reason UPS does it, I'm sure, right? Like, yeah, they don't actually care about their workers' no. well-being. But it saves they care about money. money. When it saves them money. It does. Yeah, I don't... I even think growing up, like... I, you just, like, look at society in general. And, like... I think a lot of people think, like... Okay, it so it depends on the weight of the object. But, like... I drop my pencil on the floor. Like... I'm not going to, like, use my legs to pick that up. Like, I can just, I, I can just, like, do the classic, like, back arched, no, like, no knees bent, just, like, pick it up. Yeah. And it's fine. But the, the thing is, like, people will also try to do that for, like, and, like, it's, I think, like, they get used to picking up those light objects and then you have to pick up, like, I don't even know. I don't know what the limit should be. I think about this stupid file cabinet <laughs> that we tried to move out of medical sciences center that thing what would you say weighs 200 yeah i'd say 250 maybe it's a heavy file cabinet if you were to try to lift that thing just like like lifting a pencil curled back and like using just your arm i mean you're fucked yeah (laughs) (laughs) but like i don't know people some people just don't know how to how to lift properly and it's it's an important skill because low back pain is like one of the most debilitating injuries or diagnoses like in the US. Yeah. Causes more days of missed work, causes the most amount of money in medical bills. 
it's like this huge problem. And like, I think it's like 85, 90% of people have low back pain that they have to like go see a doctor at for some Jeez. point in their lives. Like it's inevitable, but it's something that we should be able to fix. Yeah. And part of that is on like, not just PTs, but like the kinesiology community as a whole. And like at UPS, I'm sure you had some sort of like ergonomics person. Yeah. It's on all of those people to educate people properly on it because people don't know. And people aren't going out and doing that research on their own. Yeah. So that's something we got to fix. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I don't know. I, I always thought it was a little weird at UPS when I'd load the trucks because We'd probably have, like, I don't know, like, I mean, throughout every shift, like, we'd, we'd have to put, like, at least 500 boxes into a truck. So, like, yeah, I think I, I think it is kind of worth thinking about because, okay, so come, all the boxes come off of a conveyor belt that are probably, like, probably, like, waist high, right? So that's not, like, a huge issue. Like, you're not going to use mo- most of your legs because it's already at the appropriate height. But then, like, I think even carrying the box to the truck matters, like, how you hold the box. And then, like, you get in the truck, and there a lot of times, like, you got to put it on the floor of the truck. So you're, like... You're bending down and yeah. crouching so and then, pushing it like, in. What I found myself doing is just, like, it's pretty similar to just, like, a squatting motion, like, Ooh. is what it is. Is like, like, imagine, like, going to the gym and doing a squat. Like, that's, that's what I would do. And, like, yeah. it feels weird because, like... You know, I just squat down to the floor instead of just, like, throwing it right there. Well, and you look a little bit ridiculous yeah. doing it, but it's totally worth it. It is. Because I'd leave and I'd feel fine, you know? like you know. It's funny. I, I don't know if I've really told you, but our, not our biggest client, but probably our second or third biggest client is Breakthrough Beverage Company, which is, like, the company that delivers all the kegs to, like, bars. That makes a lot of sense. I was talking to one of the guys and he was like, yeah, I had to by himself in one shift. So an eight hour shift, he had to deliver 60 kegs. You know how much a keg weighs? It's heavy. It's 200. Like, it's, I think it's 135. Oh my gosh. And like, they've got them like stacked on top of each other in the back of the trucks. And so they're just swinging them around. And, and it's just one dude in the truck. Like. Like, oh obviously, gosh. these people are going to get hurt. Like, I, I didn't even know that was a job. They don't have honest. a machine or anything? Like, they... That's ridiculous. I was bro. talking to one of the one of the guys who got hurt. He, um, he was <laughs> delivering a keg to some bar in downtown Denver. And it's like a, a third floor bar. But they don't have an elevator. So he has to, he has to bring all these 135-pound kegs. How many are up there? Up two flights of stairs. Like twenty of them, oh up two flights of stairs. It's like, how did how did they not just like have a better system for this in place? I but someone's got to do it. So, and he says to this day, if you go to that bar, you can see a hole in the wall in one of the staircases where he dropped the keg and it just <laughs> went all the way through the wall. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous, bro. That they don't have like a machine or like. Even, like, you okay. would think that day maybe, like, have two people instead of one. I always <laughs> assumed, like, for, like, upper floor bar. Like, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't have thought you had to bring kegs all the way upstairs. Like, use just, like, a, 
hydraulic system or like a tubing tube of some sort to just in the keg yeah yeah but they yeah they do not have that figured out yet so oh my goodness pretty crazy i especially because i genuinely didn't ever think of that job existing no and i it's probably our second or third biggest (laughs) source of injured employees is is delivering beer yeah oh my goodness they all love their job until they get hurt they love it they i mean do they get free beer yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's probably why (laughs) i don't know why you love delivering beer i don't know I feel like delivery people in general tend to like their jobs, though. It's just independent, and you get to do your own thing. Yeah. I think that's important. A lot of UPS drivers. I was very, like, polarized, and, though, there, yeah, it was either, like, you love it or you hate it, because there are some workers that, like, like, the drivers just, like, would get so mad at you if you didn't, like, load the truck. Like, because, you know, it requires teamwork. Like, want, like, I was the guy responsible for loading the truck, and, like, they go through like my job title so often that like drivers obviously prefer someone that's been loading their truck for years because they know exactly like it's just like it's like a teamwork chemistry thing like if you think about basketball like i used to play with like my best friend justin and like me me and jay would like we'd be on the court and like we just know each other so well that we could just like read each other's minds and like it was like, oh, I know he's going that way. So I'm going to, like, ahead of time, like, pass him the ball, you know? And, like, it's the same with, like, the loading the truck thing, I think, is, like, like they'd prefer to have. Because I'm, like, you'd get the newbie on it. And then some of these old drivers would be, like, where's Bill or whatever? And then, like, of course, like, the newbie loads it not to, like, how he wants it because yep. they didn't talk. And then they get all mad. It's, like. But then, yeah, you'd have other drivers that are, like, just throw it in there. I'll figure it out, you know? It's, like. And then they just do their thing. I don't know. I feel like UPS driving would be pretty fun. Like, Would you ever be a truck driver? No. No? I'm like infamous for falling asleep at the wheel. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> Have you ever actually fallen asleep at the wheel? Oh, like 100%? A lot, of, a lot of time. Oh, like what do you mean 100%? Like, I don't know. Like you were actually asleep, like fully asleep. No. I mean, I do this thing and I do it at lecture too where I like, you go like in and out yeah and i i've i've done that like hundreds of times on the wheel which i think is so scary but like i mean not to drive next dude when i drive long distances yeah it gets it gets a little tweak that's for sure um but yeah like when we went to yellowstone this summer like i was i just like i was like a 15 hour 20 hour drive like we just like i had like i don't drink energy drinks but i like I was forced into popping an energy drink because I was like, I'm not going to... There's a time and a place for energy drinks. Yeah. And road trips are the best time for yeah. energy drinks. Yeah, I agree. Every day, though? How are we feeling about every day energy drinks? They have to be bad for you, man. <laughs> Dude. Some of the ingredients in those things are do just that, bro? sketchy. I mean, oh, every morning Ryan would just chug his bang. And I'm just like, bro, this is like not okay. There, I mean, there's so many people who do it like every single day. And I, I mean, I drink coffee every day. So like, it's so much different though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've, I'm addicted to caffeine. It's and beans I'm and okay water. I'm okay to say that. I'm not putting in like a ton of random chemicals into my body every single day because yeah i don't know you just look at the ingredients list and you're just like 
I've never, I can't even pronounce any of those <laughs> words. Like, what? And people just blindly trust it. I don't know, man. That's something that I, I don't know. I just, I, we, our, our like, university's pretty big on diabetes research, and it's just, like, it's so sad. Like, one of my classes, they pulled up a type, I think it's, type, type 2 is the one that's non-genetic. I think okay. that's that's the one that'll like yeah i always get confused between them but yeah that's that's the one that like you get if pretty much if you don't like eat well uh-huh. if you don't eat if you have like a very sugary diet and like yeah like it's highest in like it's weird because it's like it's the one disease that's like highest in first world countries and it's just like it's just crazy because we're such an advanced country We have the highest rates of obesity, highest rates of diabetes, highest rates of like cardiovascular disease and like all these things that are caused because we eat terribly all the time. I just, I don't get that. Like, you think if you had all these resources, you'd be able to solve all these problems. No, you should be able to. I don't know why we don't, (laughs) you know, my, um, my coworker who's from Germany. In Germany, Skittles are illegal. You can't have Skittles. Like, they don't exist. <laughs> They're illegal? They're, yeah, I mean, you literally cannot get... You have to, like, smuggle them into the country. Yeah. Because whatever dyes they use to, like, color the Skittles are apparently, like, maybe carcinogenic, question mark? I don't know. Um, but he, on the flight he took from here... From Germany to here, with the, like to move to America, the second he got off his flight, in the airport, first thing he did was order a bag of Skittles. Yeah, just because like he needed to experience. <laughs> and I was like, so what was your reaction? It's like, well, I, I understand why people are addicted to American yeah. candy. I mean, it's pure sugar. Yeah, we're just eating these little balls of sugar, and we've like normalized that into like being a thing that we can do but we're one of the only countries in the world where that's like a normal thing like that is true we watched that little that remember that youtube video with like this different cereals yeah i pulled up yeah i pulled up that video of like british kids like british fifth graders like trying american cereals and like i think the the worst one they reacted to is like um what was it? I don't. I can't even remember the worst one. But even Fruit Loops, I remember they tried it and they're like, "This is way too sugary," because they don't like. I don't think they have foods like that that are just like, up the wazoo, like loaded with sugar like that. So their palate just probably isn't like used to that. We're just you know? so I don't know. Our whole diets are just messed up, and I, I don't know how it wouldn't be living in America. Like, if you go to a restaurant, you're gonna get like. Even, like, soda. Like, soda isn't, like, a super mainstream thing outside the U.S., but, like, here it's just, like, people, like, down sodas back yeah. and forth. And it's, like, well, I just, why don't we care about our health? <laughs> so many people just don't care about their health. Both physical and mental health. Like, just exercise every now and then. Eat a decent meal. Drink water. See, I don't even think... I don't even think the problem is education. I think we figured that out as a first world country. I think the problem is like, 
the discipline of it because all those things that you're describing there's an alter there's a different alternative you could take that would be less painful you know like yeah. instead of drinking water drink soda like if if you offered someone who knew nothing about health like some like remote island person who literally knew nothing yeah and just like offered him water or soda he's gonna take soda every time Except he's going to drink it and be like, why is there so much sugar in this? Because he's not used to that. Like, why are we used to that? That's I don't what, know. That's why I'm like. But I, I, I think it more no, so. I, I get the point. Now that we talk about it, I feel like it more comes down to the discipline of it. Like, everyone knows that, like, vegetables and fruits are, like, good for you. And, like. So is it just because it doesn't taste as good? Is that why people I think don't? that's what it is. Well, yeah, it's like they know that there's an alternative that tastes better. And like, yeah, like sometimes like horsing down vegetables is tough. But like, I just don't think people see the benefit of it enough because like, you're not going to see, you're not going to see there's no like, um, there's no immediate payoff. No. It's a long-term investment in your health, which I feel like. Part of People like, can't see long-term anything. Though. Part of modern um, society is you want that immediate benefit of whatever yeah. you're doing. You want to be able to like realize the benefits and you want to be able to see that there's actually a purpose for whatever you're sacrificing or doing. Yeah. And with all those things, it's all long-term and it's almost impossible to realize unless you're actually like committed to it. But I don't know, dude, like... Having having had like very long term goals, I will say like those are without a doubt so much more satisfying than like any yeah. any immediate thing could provide. Like I don't I'm trying to even think of an immediate thing. Like no immediate thing is like it doesn't last long term, I feel like, you know? Like I'm trying yeah. to think like I guess the best like thing I can think of is like you like you win the lottery like you went to the gas station put a buck in for the powerball yeah. and like won the powerball yeah. it's like but like that the odds of that happening are so slim so i'm trying to think of something that would just like i would just like happen like something that you would have to put in and get an output of immediate benefit i mean work i go to work i get my paycheck immediate benefit yeah whereas like if i was to get paid if people were to get paid once every decade and you like got this like million dollar lump sum every no decade, one would make it right people wouldn't work because i think you i think guys what like, you were going for i think guys like you, you and me could make it yeah but i don't think i mean people already complain enough about bi-weekly yeah like i don't think they could make it like if someone if there was some benefit down the line like I don't even know how they would set that up, but maybe like <laughs> they only give you enough every month to like live off of. And then like, and then but if you make huge it huge bonus at the end of the decade, like, yeah, you would get this, like you would get way more than you would. Yeah. Like if you took it bi-weekly, like I, I think like a very, like I considered myself to be like very disciplined. I think both of us are. And like, I think people like us could do that, but like, I don't, I don't think a large majority, I don't, I don't it's definitely a minority of people I would be able to tease. So do you think that's an American problem or a world problem? I don't know. I honestly feel like a lot of other third world countries are like, 
are better disciplined than we so, are <laughs> like because they they have like been forced to go through hardship yeah and what i do is like i i think a great example of this like why i love running is like i think my bot like my mind will subconsciously compare like so I, i'll go on a run like in the morning and then like throughout the day i'll get hit with all these like somewhat hard like decisions challenges but they all seem so much lesser in comparison to that like that like hardship i put myself through in the morning so i'm like this is easy like yeah whereas like some people i think would would see those way more because they're like it's like the one inconvenience they have throughout their day Uh you know like i don't know why do you think why do you think they're why why are you agreeing with me on the third world thing i just think it's hard to hard to put into words but i think that americans as a general statement are just obsessed with that instant gratification we talked about first off yeah but also we we just expect everything to go our ways like whereas in third world countries like most things don't go their ways they deal they deal with shit all the time yeah so then like getting that payoff even if it's smaller even if it's less than you want even if it's later than you want it it's still like super meaningful whereas we just find reasons to complain about stuff and i think that's a huge problem in america right now is that people just complain about everything it's like the opposite right like it's like you can never we can but, never be satisfied because there, we expect better and better and better. And there's always going to be some problem, it feels like. You know, like, I don't know, you solve hunger. And I think it's so ironic. Like, we have pretty much solved hunger in America. But then, like, but now, like, the obesity rates are through the roof. Yeah. And it's like, wait, so now people are eating too much. Like, who would have thought that, like, Okay, so now do we ration out how much food everyone gets? I, like, I, do I don't understand that. Like, who in their right mind? Like, I'm just trying to think of, like, the first dude was like, if we, what if we ended hunger? Like, I bet everything would just be better. And I think in a lot of ways it is, but I don't think anyone, I don't think that dude could have ever have predicted that, like, once you end hunger, you're going to end up with, way more heart disease way more all of these problems yeah because you're gonna end up with more like people overeating which i oh, i don't know it's just you know, which you can I, argue I, is a better thing but is it i don't know we just it doesn't seem like we can truly fix any of our problems without creating new ones yeah which maybe that's just the dilemma of modern society is you're bound to have these major issues. You fix one problem and you run into another one. It yeah. seems like. I mean, because life is too complicated. You can't just, there's no easy solutions for anything. Yeah. Unless we go out and we ration exactly 2,000 calories to every single person for a day. And then <laughs> what are we doing? Like, I don't know. That's. It's a lot easier said than done to fix these problems. Sometimes I think like a lot of like third world countries have better discipline than like, I think they, they're also, they're better at like, for one, those like, those like intermediate goals that don't take, like, let's say they take a week to achieve. 
but then I think they're way better at like seeing the the long term benefits. Like, I don't know. Like I, I've you know you hear all those stories where they'll walk miles to go to school. It's like, well, yeah. why are you going to school? Like, why why put that much energy into walking to school? They just value education so much more because it's not super accessible. Like whereas for us, like yeah, we we all have school buses that'll pick us up next to our house and take us to school, and so we're gonna complain that we have to go. Isn't that Whereas so people are willing, though? That's people are so willing backwards. to die for education in other countries. Oh, God. I think it's the same way if you think about, like, climate change. In the U.S., like, we're like, yeah, we don't really need to do much about it. Like, it's fine. But then if you look at these, like, tiny, like, impoverished, like, island countries who are, like, their entire well-being could be gone if we don't fix climate change. Yeah. And for them, it's like... Yeah, obviously, like, we need to do this and this and this. We need to fix all of this. Because they, like, understand the gravity of the situation. Whereas I feel like we just tend to think things are going to work out in our favor, which they might not. I don't know. I think a lot of this kind of comes down to, I think the overarching theme of all this is just, like, I think just human psychology, too. Like... And this is what my like next Life of the Dream episode is going to be about. I haven't I haven't um, recorded it yet, but it's I'm I'm titling it like acclamation, and it's like you're, and I don't know why this is. There probably is research on it, but like eventually your brain just gets like you can have everything you want in life, and like eventually. I don't know. I like buying a new car is a great example. Like why can't every day. This is what I would like love. Like why can't every day after you buy that new car, you get the same feeling you get as when you bought it on that first day? Yeah. Why when you when I ask you a month from now, are you still so like excited about your new car? Like they're like, no, like it, I mean it, it like gets me where I want to go, but it's like I'm not as like fired up about it as I was when I first bought it. Like, yeah. Why does that go away? Like, I think that's so weird. It's like we have more, so we expect more almost. Like, if again, if we're comparing it to like third world countries, I'm thinking about like the house I grew up in, average middle class house. And, but since I grew up in that compared to like growing up in super poverty, like, I expect more and more. Like, I want to live in this super nice house in this cool neighborhood next to this and this. Whereas for them, whereas for people who, like, grew up, like, in these little shacks or huts or yeah. whatever it may be. Like, if they grew up where I grew up, they'd be thrilled with it. But, like, because I grew up with more than they did, I expect more in my own life long term. Which is so backwards because I should just be grateful for what I have. But we have this like, but it's like it's out. That's some of that's out of. I think gratitude is some kind of sometimes like out of your control, you know? Because like, is it or is it something we just need to practice more and we forget about? I don't know, because for them it's like forced gratitude, right? Because like they don't they don't have anything, and then like, like let's say like they get an iPhone, you know, and it's like this huge like big like. It's such a big thing. Whereas, like, I just walk around it every day in my pocket. Like, yeah. that's that's what it gets back to, like, the acclimation. Like, I think your brain just, like, you're just – it just acclimates to whatever current situation you're in. Yeah. And, like, whereas for them, like, they're acclimated to such, like, this, like, simple life with, like, 
not a lot of things that like even getting one thing is just like so do you think they're happier because of that i feel like in a lot like i think i've heard stats that like generally i think a lot of third world countries like the people that live in them are happier than first world countries which i think is just because they have lower expectations i don't know i i think that's part i think that definitely plays a role i also think it's like this like their jobs look very different than our jobs you know like i think a lot of our jobs don't aren't very meaningful and we're in this call this like societal cog which like I just think society in general has a, a lot of bad side effects, like being in a city like 365 days a year. And like, I don't know, like it comes with gossip and like, I also feel like I feel like a lot of like third world countries probably like there's less like less of this like judgmental stuff. Yeah. And like, I feel like it's more real and like people, I've, I also feel like people don't argue as much. Like yeah. there's like multiple things I can list off that are like different. I feel like the difference in jobs brings up an interesting point because like I'm, I'm reading this book right now. It's like this, it's essentially like dystopian America. Um, and like what the U S could turn into if we keep going down the wrong path. Yeah. And a major theme of it is that like you're essentially owned by the corporation you work for in a lot of ways. And like, obviously it's not, that's not quite true in today's world, but if it keeps going in this way, like a lot of people just like owe their lives to their employers and like feel like, I don't know. We live in such a corporatized world, whereas third world countries, like maybe you're, farming for yourself you're doing whatever you need to do to keep yourself alive and it's a lot more self-focused whereas we like we have this big corporation or ceo or whoever who we like for whatever reason like a lot of people like feel this like need to like please their employers whereas i don't know i see that a lot in like older generations too like i feel like our generation does a better job at like standing up for themselves whereas like an older generations like if your boss asks you to do something like you just do it and i don't know i feel like i'm kind of going in circles here but no i i think to get at that point though i think a lot of it was like as we go on more i think there's a lot of like there's a lot more like workers rights right so like i think we now that we have like seen like there used to be no consequences for these companies and these CEOs. Like they could, you could say like, no, I don't want to do that. And they could fire you on spot. And like now, like, like firing someone means like a lot more. Like, like if if you were fired in the wrong way, like that person that got fired can sue that company. Whereas like rightful cause to fire someone, you need to like pay them a settlement package. Whereas like you asked someone 60 years ago and they didn't have, yeah. You know, like, so I think, I think that has something to do with it, but I, I, I don't think it's just that, like, see, it's interesting because like I, when my work schedule got switched on me, um, they wanted me to switch from working eight to five every day to nine to six every day. And I was like, I was explicitly told when I interviewed that I wouldn't have to do the nine to six shift. Yeah. So I was like really bothered by this. Like I thought this was like really rude of a company to like expect that of me. And 
talk to my parents about it. <laughs> this is interesting. And my parents are just like, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like, just, just do it. Like, you want this job. Like, shouldn't you just do it? I feel like that's so different, though, because I'm on the same a, page as you. I think that's totally messed up. There's such a... And I think that's a generational thing. Yeah. Where they, like, just, like, did what their employers wanted, whereas we, like kind of stand up for ourselves a little more and like, no, you told me I didn't have to do this. Like I'm not going to. Yeah. And so I don't know. I feel like we just have in general, our generation stands up for themselves a lot more, which I think is a really good thing. And I think it's going to lead to more progress in the future in workers rights and in a lot of other stuff, because we actually have the guts to like say something when we're pissed whereas other people just dealt with it is that what it is though is it the guts like because i consider my dad like a pretty like i don't know i mean he's a pretty ballsy dude you know like i don't like i just wonder like i think it's more of just like being raised differently maybe like i don't know the thing that keeps coming back to my head is what i told my parents is like i don't owe anything to this company like they gave me a job. That's great. I don't owe anything to them. Whereas I think for them, they kind of felt yeah. like I did owe something. I think it's the view of like how, how they, how they view their, like their like place of employment, you yeah. know, like, cause I, yeah, I think that's what it comes down to because it's like, I think like generations in the past viewed that as like, well, they're supplying me with the funds that I need to live off of. Whereas like now, like me and you, like, like yes, we know that, but it's yeah. But like, if you're not treating me right, then I, can I can just go, go somewhere else, find a better job, or find like, someone that's gonna value me more. Could it? Did it not used to work like that? I don't know. Like, like did people just deal with more shit? Because I did, I did hear a stat on that, and it was like, like out of any generation, Gen Zs are the most likely to like jump to new jobs throughout their like. Even in our parents' generation, you hear people retiring, having worked for a company for 40 plus years. Yeah. You know, whereas like this stat that I read, like saw that like, I think Gen Z's on average stay at their job. And, I wish I knew the stat, but I, I think it was like, it was only like a couple years, maybe five years tops. Like, I just don't think it happens as much anymore. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's get it. That gets at like what we're saying, you know, that it's like. You just. I think in a lot of ways we just like are tending to see like the problems with the corporate world and that like having someone over you who like has all of the power for years on end is not necessarily a good thing. It's usually, it ends up usually being problematic. I think in a lot of cases. Whereas like take my dad, for example, he's worked at the same company for 20, 25 years or something. And They've treated him super well and he loves it there and still loves his job. And so that's great. Like he can stay, but like, that's not the case for a lot of workers. Like a lot of workers get treated like shit. And in prior generations, they just chose to dealt with it. Whereas I think it's good to stand up for yourself and be like, no, I, I think it works somewhere else. Like, why do I, I don't know anything to you. Like you gave me a job. Thanks. It was fun. Thanks. I'm leaving now. Bye. I don't know. And I don't know why that's changed. And I, I almost wonder, like, was it like a sort of blackmail thing that maybe back in the day they used to be? Like, somehow, like, boss man, you told boss man off. And then, like, boss man would tell 
other all bosses. the other bosses <laughs> yeah and then like you would just get blacklisted essentially or Maybe. like i don't know why that was. yeah but i feel like it is like a substantial generational change and it's something yeah. that really i think it's something that pisses off older people about our generation is the fact that we're willing to like oh yeah stand up and fight for ourselves whereas other people just kind of dealt with what life gave them but i i don't know hopefully it leads to like good for our generation yeah we'll see what happens i think it'll make us a more powerful generation automatically because like we're actually like exercising our like freedom of speech you know where i think a lot of times like i don't know if those older generations really did that you know i mean it even goes into like political stuff like yeah i feel like there's a lot more people now who are willing to disagree with politicians and disagree with all politicians like there's a lot more people who i know you and i kind of feel the same way like yeah we're not gonna blindly trust anyone whereas i feel like in prior generations there were a lot That's of people a, that was who were unheard like, of i think dude. oh you're I, you're the Democrat, I'm voting for you. You're the Republican, I'm voting for you. Whereas yeah. I feel like there's a lot more people in our generation who are like, yeah, let's see what these people actually have to say about the issues. Let's actually critique them when they're wrong and like make our voices heard because what right are we using like if we're not actually critiquing the people we put in power? Yeah. Like we need to show them that we put them in power and we have the right to take them out of power. Yeah. Like. No, I think that's a great example. Because I think even back, I mean, I think you could even go back to the 80s and like, it was more so like, the conversation to be had was like, what party are you like, what party do you like belong to? Whereas like, I think there's more people in our generation who are not willing to identify with the party. Yeah, which I think is a good thing. Because, because then that shows you're not going to be swayed by the constructs of the the system you know like just make up your own opinions i don't know i i told you that i went up to that one girl at the bar and then i was like she's like oh like somehow yeah did i not tell you about this yeah you did yeah and like somehow like politics got brought up and then like she was from portland so like like obviously like very very left and like i could tell like she was like trying to probe to see if i was like right obviously and like I was just like, no, like, I'm, I'm, I, I don't really see myself belonging to any party. And like, I've like talked to people about this conversation because then she got like super like mad and she like, she didn't, she didn't get mad, but she like started smiling and I'm like, okay. And then like, I've talked to other people about this conversation and like, especially people that like are more left and they're like yeah like usually right people just use that as an excuse to like cover up that they're right and i'm like how do you know that like i like that is such a crazy assumption i just don't don't think that's true you cannot assume that like because i say i want to form my own opinions that does not mean (laughs) i'm on the right everyone should want to form their own opinions like, like how is that how does society view that as me like how do they assume that because i say that i belong as a conservative like that makes no sense like absolutely no sense like but that that is common like you will find that like people people think that and it's just like i don't know you can think what you want to think but like 
I'm I'm not the type to like lie to you. Like I'm not gonna. I'm also not the type to like talk to you about my political beliefs. Like I don't I don't think I need to do that either. Like yeah, if you ask me what party I belong to, I'm gonna tell you I like to form my own opinions. I don't belong to either party. And then like if you want to get into like beliefs, I'm gonna be like very skeptical about you at that point because it's like yeah, we shouldn't even be talking about this <laughs> unless I'm like close to you. I mean, <laughs> I, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like up until fairly recently it was not normal to ask people what their we political to, standing was and any any older generation listening to this is gonna think it's crazy because that this is a flaw of our generation 100 percent is like and I, I i think it gets at like technology a lot like how we just how we just kind of waive our right to privacy and everything yeah and like people just think that we're like these walking transparent people that will just tell you anything and i i myself like i have my own podcast like I am very much one of those kind of people, but like, do not ask me who I voted for. Like that is, it's your own business. Does, does anyone like, I don't, I don't think people teach people that anymore, but that is like incredibly rude to ask. Like if, if any, if any of you listening to this, try asking a boomer who they voted for. Like, and if you're not like close to them, they will get so mad at you. Like that is like one of the most rudest things you can ask. Like. It's the same as ex- asking someone how old they are. Like you, there's it's worse than that. that I think don't... it's worse than that, bro. Like that's yeah. No, but it is. It it's is private information. Yeah. It's like, and I think you're right. I think we have part of it is we've just waived our right to privacy. But again, if you tell people someone asks you who'd you vote for, and you say I'm not telling you, they're gonna assume you voted right. They will assume that. And it's just so messed up, man. But so like, why is that? Why is that? Because I do people on the right tend to like like value their right to privacy more. I don't. I don't know. But why? See, that's such a weird political distinction. Then why? I don't know. But that is the case, dude. A lot of the it times, is. like it is. But like, if you say I'm not telling you, they're I like, don't... oh, okay. Well, so we know now, and it's like. <laughs> no like no you don't like just because i don't want everyone knowing my business and knowing everything i stand for does not mean that i voted for this or this or like that's that's such a weird assumption to make to me i don't know i i think i also think our generation is crazy bad at making a like we we assume we get one little tidbit of information and we will make these outlandish conclusions about this person like say say i don't i don't even want to bring the voting thing into it because that's just like but like i don't know like when we were talking last night like as a phd student like you were taught to like be incredibly skeptical about like you get one piece of data and that that alone is not enough to like usually support what you're gonna do in science you don't just prove it in one way you prove it in every other which way you prove it 10 billion times to show that hey it's worked this way every other time in all these different ways we're pretty sure it's right and we're pretty sure we're not 100 percent. yeah and we're still not 100 yeah. percent. but like but yet like when it comes to judge passing judgment as like as a gen z like a lot of gen z people will get one thing like let's say like i don't even know i i can't i can't think of an example but let let, let me say like I don't know. I, I mean, I think I'm guilty of it too. Where I yeah, I'm not saying I'm not, I have, but it's I it's, have one bad interaction with someone. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't think 
Like, I, I do that all the time. And that's a major flaw on my part. But that's just... I think you're right. That's a generational thing that why why are we making quick judgments about people? Yeah. Like, why don't we not give people a chance to, like, defend themselves? And I don't know. I even think getting to know someone, like... I just, if I have one bad interaction with someone, usually that's the last interaction I'm choosing to have with them. Yeah. Which is ridiculous because... What if they were just having a bad day? Like I've had bad interactions with you before. Yeah. And we've been friends for a few years now. Like maybe that one bad interaction I had with someone the third time I ever talked to them was the only one we were ever going to have. Like why do we, we make such quick judgments and I don't know. You're right. Cause like I have bad interactions with Bella. I have bad interactions with my parents. These are the people I love more than anyone in the world. I'm willing to forgive forgive them and like move on from whatever it was that happened. But yeah. like when it comes to random people, we just like write them off and let them. Yeah, you're right. I've never really thought about that. I don't think. Where it's like, I, I don't know. I think past generations were better at like, just like giving people like second chances sometimes. I think. I think. Like in terms of like, even, I don't know. You look at like the dating scene like yeah. of today where it's like, you can have, like, the perfect first date, and yet, like, you go to, like, ask them to hang out again, and there's nothing. Like, it's gone. Like, You're gone. Online dating. like It's so cultural. Which has, like, taken... It's changed dating so much. Like, this online it's dating so bad, thing is, man. like... I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a fan of this, but I, like, I'm so against you this. Can, I just... You can judge someone based off four pictures of themselves and three bullet points. And that's all you get. And people, like... I think, honestly, this might be part of the root of the cause of all this, to be honest. Like, because that, like, for older people listening to this that don't know how dating apps work, like, essentially, like, yeah, like, that that's what it is. It's like, there, you go through this, like, array of people and pictures, and this, say, my profile has... You get four or five pictures and maybe a few bullet And, like, points. let's say, yeah, you, you you try to add some, like, funny remark into your, like, caption or whatever, your bio. You're, like, a hundred-character bio. It's, like, yeah. so tiny. And then they, you know, from that you decide, like... But I think part of the like, issue is then... It's just crazy, You have this man. instant access to... If you were to download Tinder right now, you could instantly access 300 girls in a 10-mile radius from yeah. here. Whereas... Even 10 years ago, like, in order to meet those people, you have to, like, go out to you bars never, and restaurants and parks. And you could never meet 300 people. <laughs> I think, I think, Whereas yeah. Now we, can, we can do that in 10 minutes. Yeah. But you know what that leads to, then? That leads to the conclusion of people are just disposable, then. Yeah. You know? And that's exactly, so that is exactly what you're seeing, yeah, though. Yeah, that's how like, we act in real life, too. I think I think it's better in real life because once you see the person, it's like, oh, this is awkward because like, I like, I like ghosted them and now like I'm act because yeah. you I think genuinely like you only ghost when you know you will never see them again, right? Yeah, like usually, yeah. Because they know that if you ghost and then you see them in person, it is incredibly awkward, not for the person that got ghosted, but for the person that did the ghosting because you know how inhumane that is. Like that is. So, like, you're so, like, a, a scared of this micro-conflict that all you had to say was, 
I'm just not interested in you. That you, you oh, people don't say that. People are terrified of having those. I have never gotten that from girls anymore. I'll I'll go on They'll dates with girls, responding. and it won't even. Yeah, it, you you can't you can't even give me the one sentence like, I'm sorry. I just I just don't think we're like. I just don't think like I'm I'm like into you like we that just or don't whatever. Match well. You don't Which even is whatever. Completely fine. And like it's so much ruder to just stop talking to someone. It, but that's the norm now. But it's like it shouldn't be. And I'm like, I'm not one to like sell myself to that man. Like I don't know if I ever go on like a date with a girl and like I'm not feeling it. Like I'm gonna do her the decency of being like, hey, like. I, I just, just don't think we. I just vibe. don't think this is gonna work out. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you can take that with what you want. I also think our generation is terrible at hearing that stuff because usually the response after that isn't like, oh, like that's okay, like I'll just see you around. It's no, I'm not talking to you ever again. And it's like, <laughs> why? <laughs> like we went on one date, we had fun. It just wasn't the perfect match. Like we should still be able to talk. Yeah. Like, like why? Why does it need to be this? Now we're enemies. Like it's like yeah. It's just. I don't know. I would. I would say that's because people are disposable. And yeah. They're gone. Move on to the next one. That's that's how society is now. At least that's how Gen Z is a lot yeah. of times. Like we're not capable of being like. Of I don't think a lot of times I don't think we're capable of like understanding like. Like, just because someone's not into you like you don't have to like it's not personal I yeah i don't think people realize like you don't you actually like contrary to popular belief like you don't have to take offense to that like like it's not like you don't like that's okay if someone like doesn't like absolutely love you you know like it's like it's, it's fine so I, I just i don't know man i I, I think the generational... I kind of like how we have generations. Like, how they define generations. It's so interesting. Because, because there, there are, are very clear distinctions. There are clear like, distinctions. And, like, you and I fit into that Gen Z category pretty... So well. Pretty well. Yeah. Like, and I feel like we're people who are, like, willing to, like, critique some of the things, but we still, like, do the same things. Yeah. We're, we're by no means... The only difference is, like, we're this. talking about it. Yeah. Whereas a lot of people... We have the like, balls to actually yeah, talk about let's it. let's just pretend we're perfect. Yeah. I don't know, but, like, there's a lot of things that our generation is better at than past generations, but there's a lot of things that we're worse at, too. Yeah. Which is really interesting, because... There, there are these arbitrary lines that are drawn. Like... I don't even know how they're drawn. Isn't it just like every 20 years? Gen Z, I think, starts in like 97. And yeah, it's something like every 20 years. But these categories work so well. They do. Like, I would I would argue the majority of people our age would fit with most of the Gen Z stereotypes. Because it just works. I don't know. I mean, it's we so all are growing up at the same time going to in the history same thing. right and like so like yeah we all have access to iphone you know these like all these things that like yeah i mean i so i, I think it does make sense you see they're also like, calling the gen z's zoomers now yeah what is that in mean? the post pandemic is era? that a bash no i don't think so i think it's just we went through the zoom era oh no way that's crazy we were all in school when Zoom, I bet Zoom is loving that. That is like, 
if that stands, that's gonna be like their brand forever immortalized, bro. Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> that that's like that's in a lot of ways how our generation is gonna be remembered. Well, that's how like other generations probably see us, right? Like we're they, the we're the zoomers. They grew up during the pandemic. Like, yeah. Which is it's true. I mean, it marked our generation in a lot of ways. And our generation probably got the worst of it. We were the ones who were growing I agree. up. Whereas the gen, the gen and, like, and the generation after us is they didn't even like experience they it. They weren't really. old enough to that even, was like, like us for 9 11, right? Yeah. Like, we didn't really like experience Yeah, we were alive, yeah. we didn't know what was going on. Yeah, but weirdly, though, dude, that that is gonna have unintended consequences on their generation, like later in life, like in regards to like social development and stuff. Like, I think a lot of older generations think we're like super not able to like conversate with people because of that they're i'm gonna tell you this right now i'm gonna just predict the future they are going (laughs) to be so bad on average at interacting with other people because there's like more and more research coming out that like those those interactions you get like in bella's kindergarten classroom like those that's how you learn how to be a person foundational and fundamental to your like social development like think about the kids who were like about to start kindergarten when COVID started. Yeah. They missed all of kindergarten. It was online, which online kindergarten, what were they even doing? Like, You're not interacting socially. Right? And then they probably missed a good chunk, at least of first grade as well. They're a year and a half, two years behind in, in terms of social, social interactions. Yeah. And academically too. But I think the social is way more important. I think Zoom can save most of the, the academics. I don't think it, I don't I don't think it's a replacement, but like I think it's not as good. But you can learn still. But like socially? in terms of socially, dude, I think I think those will forever. That's forever going to be a part of like of them. Like really, where's so? Like, what do you think the lasting impact of COVID is for us? Yeah, if that's that for that that generation, I don't. I mean, I think part of it is it aided and we are better at technology because of COVID. Yeah. We all are because we had to be. But I don't think that's it. I think there's something bigger than that. I don't know exactly what it is. Because, like... I think the older you get, the better you are at, like... Like, overcoming challenges like this, you know? Maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Like, it... It had profound impacts on our generation as a whole. Because the, the thing, what is the, the thing last? I'm getting that I'm trying to get at is that like we were old enough that like most of us are already developed socially. We already have like all we already have all solid like educations. So we could just kind of put our heads down and grind through it. But like, what is what is the difference from? Like how why 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 were you like you think it affected it you think it affected us the most as opposed to our parents? Because I think that's the, the fundamental the stage question. The we were at in our life when COVID hit was a period of rapid change. Yeah, like we were all changing as people. Like it hit us freshman year of college. We had finally gotten our independence. We were out of our parents' homes. We were, like, learning how to be adults in a lot of ways. And then it all stopped. So so how does that... Okay, so now now I feel like we have to compare. How would that have been different compared to if the pandemic just wouldn't have happened at all? 
I don't know. But I I know it it affected. It us. did. I know. Yeah, it totally. But I don't did. know how it how to put it into words. Like, and maybe it. I mean, it will become clearer in the future. I think we will see the the effects aren't going away. COVID had lasting impacts on all of us. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was like mental health plummeted for us during COVID in general. Our generation, like rates of anxiety and depression, like quadrupled and are still like doubled from pre-pandemic. I think, I think that's a big takeaway. Yeah. Because we were forced into isolation. We, and these were times where like, Friendships are very important in your late teens, early twenties. Yeah. Like those are the friendships formed during that are often the friendships you'll you'll last with for the rest of your life. Yeah. Normally. I and mean, so I mean we we lost a year, year and a half of meeting the ability new people. to meet new yeah. people. Which is that gonna affect our social skills in the long term? Maybe not you and me, but in general it probably will. I think for the average person of our generation, they're probably less socially skilled due to the pandemic than they would have been. They lost a year and a half of interacting with people. Yeah. And we were still learning how to, we were learning how to forge like adult friendships, which is totally different than kindergarten friendships. Like we were learning how to be like peers with people. Yeah. And then we just stopped. I don't know. It's so interesting. I, okay, okay. I, I, I think I can kind of see how it might be different. I think because of the pandemic, all the pre-existing friends you had then, you became automatically closer to because those are the only people you could really interact with. So maybe our lasting impact is we struggle to make new friends, to make new friends and we struggle in the fact of like introducing yourself. But then also I think there's this other thing where it's like, I already have friends. Why why would I even need to meet new people? Yeah. Which I think I've I've felt that way. And that's I think that's a resounding thought that maybe will present itself consciously, but I think more so that's like a subconscious thing that like yeah. you be you became so comfortable in the pandemic just like like yeah, you you had your friends. Like I would assume, majority of people had a good amount of friends. <laughs> like yeah. I hope so. That's what got me through the pandemic. And like, but then like that becomes like that's all you know, right? So then the gates are open. And for someone like me, like I'm I'm an extrovert through and through. Like I was like, okay, the gates opening for me are like, I have unlimited ability to meet new people now. Whereas I think a lot of other people are like okay, this, this doesn't really change anything. Like I'm still going to do, I'm still going to just go and like hang out yeah. with those people. Like, you know, I think it created a lot of social anxiety in terms of like maybe, meeting I think I'm, I think I'm a bad sample of that. I don't know. I don't know if you can speak better to that or I think I'm somewhere I, between you and the average person. I'm definitely an extrovert. Yeah. But meeting new people isn't necessarily an easy thing to do. And I think it was easier prior to COVID. I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think COVID made that more difficult for a lot of people. And I think I'm one of those people, yeah. But I, 
I mean, I think that is the difference between older generations. I don't, I, older generations already had that skill set to meet new people, yeah. right? Like, well, whereas, they didn't like, really it hit us, meet like, new people anymore. Yeah, they, you're done, you're done meeting, <laughs> like, yeah, sure, you can, you can meet friends that turn into your best friends that you met when you were 40. But in whatever, general, once but, you're 40, you, you have your people and you're good. Yeah. Whereas we were, we were in the middle of meeting our people. Well, I, I just think to yeah. my, to my parents, like my mom, like a lot of like her best friends that she has now are from college and like, who knows, dude, like, I mean, there's a good chance we both could have met someone like another one of the boys that like now we'll never know because yeah. like we were, I was confined to my, like, I mean, I still hung out over COVID. Like I would have, we would have like, you know, I had my roommates obviously. And then I had like like very limited amounts of people that would come come over sometimes and like i'm like close to them but like if if covid wasn't in place like we would have thrown a party every weekend and like who yeah. knows what could have resulted from that you know like like i could have met like a best friend but like now nah, there's no yeah. way of knowing you have that, no idea you know? like, it's crazy i don't know i have a feeling covid is i don't know if i think it's maybe the most important thing that's happened to our generation and in good and bad ways it taught us a lot of good skills but did a lot of damage too yeah dude there are so many positives and negatives of that like it's because i i think i think in a lot of ways it helped us recognize things that we wouldn't have seen if society would have kept going the way it was going but like once everything stopped, it became obvious. Like, I remember fall of no, not fall, spring of twenty twenty one. So about a year after COVID first hit, people were starting to like get back to normal a little bit. Like the first day that like everyone was back out on the terrace in Madison, it was like such a cool thing because like we hadn't seen like that many people together in a year, and then everyone was like back together and i don't i don't know i like have a distinct remember memory of the first time back at the terrace i do too man spring of covid spring after covid the the thing that stuck out to me when i when i went back there um was like for the first time since the pandemic hit i like vividly remember sitting with my friends and i just stopped and like they were all talking having having a good time and all i could hear was just like the the like steady stream like the low level like people. hum of just like voices and i was just like it's like we haven't heard that i didn't i haven't heard this in like years yeah it's insane i'll never forget that it was such a weird feeling oh yeah yeah that's like shedding sending like shivers down my spine just i think like, that covid gave me a, going back to gratitude covid gave me gratitude yeah i think that i was gonna come life. back to that because i, I think it kind of comes full circle to what we we're talking about like yeah it sucked but it made me a lot more grateful for our everyday life not yeah. in covid world i don't want to like <laughs> this is kind of a weird reference but have you ever watched saw yeah like there's, I think there's certain Saw movies. I think that was like the whole scheme of, of, of like this, the guy who like was behind Saw and the guy that put all these people through these terrible things is because like, if you made it out on the other side, like you be, you have this and like in the movie, like they had this, but I think it even translates into real life. Like you hear about like, 
the people that like survived the concentration camps and yeah. like they're some of the most like like in a lot of ways not all of them but like some of the most like happy people you will ever meet because I, I i think i honestly dude i like the more i live i think happy is like a synonym of gratitude yeah i think happy and sin is like because after you make it through your low point everything else is going to be better yeah like and you just are going to be more grateful for everything you do and i think you and i are both pretty lucky in general like covid is arguably the worst thing that's ever happened to either of us like we've both scaved through life without any super significant like people ask me what's like the hardest What's like the like the most hardship you ever had? And, and to like, me, it's probably the pandemic. Like I, it was a really hard time, and I struggled with it a lot. And I think because of that, like I made it through the toughest time in my life. And on the other side, it like everything looks so much better. So, mine is weird, dude. Honestly, even after past the pandemic, I would still think I would still say the hardest thing I've ever done is like is like run a 5k <laughs> and that's so weird man because it's like <laughs> it's literally self-induced yeah but i think it gets at what we were saying it's like like i think a lot of it is like americans aren't very disciplined because like there isn't there isn't that hardship and i think like weirdly when that goes away like it leads to stuff like this and it leads to a lack of gratitude, which can lead to unhappiness and like always like wanting more specifically in the short term, like where you get that instant gratification. And it's just like, I don't know. It begs the question, like, would it be beneficial to regularly put yourself through hardship? Because I can tell you right now I run once a week and like, it like it like forces me to have gratitude honestly because like i don't know i i always said people always ask me like do you like enjoy running and it's such like that has been one of the hardest questions to answer because like it is so painful yeah but in a lot of ways it like makes you it makes you like feel alive you know and then i get it, it gets at like the mindset you have after that like i think all runners have that's like i just did that yeah and it's like what what can't you do then you know like if i did that i can horse down a cucumber you know like (laughs) i can i can instead of instead of like since i have the education to know that water is so much better for you than soda i'm gonna pass on the soda tonight i know that that would have been i know that that would have tasted better but i know that the water is better for me and i'm making this decision because like this decision in perspective to how hard that run is isn't a hard decision yeah. to make because no, it's like, easy. I think you're right. I think finding a way to it doesn't even have to be like hardships necessarily, but just finding a way to challenge yourself is really important because it just gives you that fresh yeah. perspective. And it doesn't. I don't think. It, I think you're right. I don't think it needs to be through exercise necessarily. I think. For the long term, I think you should still exercise, like we were saying. Shout out kinesiology. Yeah, shout out 100-year-olds that walk every day. It's crazy. But, like, I, I, I do think you need to challenge yourself. Because, yeah. like, I think some of the happiest people I know are people that, like, regularly challenge themselves throughout the week. 
And I mean, right? that can be through education. Like, we're living right next to, like, this sprawling medical campus with these people who are grinding day in and yeah. day out. And I think a lot of times I look at, like, I've made comments to you about, I look at the parking lot and it seems like people are just always working. Like, people aren't, like, leaving this apartment. They're just here and they're just working all day, every day. But maybe that's giving them gratitude. Maybe that's the challenge they're putting on themselves. And maybe that's allowing them to live happier lives because of that. And I don't know if that's the right answer for everyone, but for a lot of people, like being able to just focus in and like grind on schoolwork or whatever it may be, like that's going to have those same benefits. Just like simple things, I think, man. Like, I think now we have the ability where like you go on your phone and it's like it becomes difficult to challenge yourself when you're on the phone. Like what are you what are you going to how are you going to challenge yourself? Like Duolingo. Like that's a, that's a good example. Yeah. Like sure there are ways to do it, but like a lot of times now it's like but I can go on TikTok, Instagram, yeah, and any and of those things. How are any of those social medias going to challenge you in no. any way? It's just the same thing we were talking about. It's instant gratification. It's that instant rush of dopamine to your head and it's the easiest way to get it. And a lot of people, there's been a lot of really interesting research out there about it's harder for people to get natural rushes of dopamine now because scrolling on Instagram or whatever it is, you get these mini dopamine hits time after time, second after second, all day, every day. Whereas like, we used to not have access to it. We didn't have a way to like constantly be inputting dopamine into our bodies. That's true. Which is, it's dangerous because you need to be able to like have that genuine dopamine rush and like be able to feel that like real happiness and joy. Like I think a lot of going back to like our generation as a whole is a lot of our emotions are probably just numbed because we're we use this social media all the time that just like we're used to having this constant rush of dopamine and it's not genuine no it's you're just faking it's it. it's artificial yeah i don't know no i, I think that brings up i think it, it comes back to your diet too right and like if you drink soda every day for a year and then you eat an apple you're gonna be like that wasn't that sweet you yeah. know and I, I think it's the same thing for like social media. Like you, you go through all this dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. And then like, let's say you like, you like get an A on this like really important exam. Like I think, I think your brain, whether you like it or not, is going to brush it off way faster than someone who like doesn't use social media. Cause you're getting the same feeling you do a hundred other times every day. Yeah. And like, it's funny. Cause I think like, this term has only been recently coined and I don't think it's like coincidental. Like, have you ever heard of like a dopamine detox? Like that term, I can tell you, like, I don't know when that originated, but I bet that didn't exist 30, 40 years ago. Like that wasn't a term. Like, cause there was no way to get that much of dopamine. No, we just have instant access to essentially unlimited dopamine. Yeah. Which is insane. Because you're, but then you're slowly like how anything in biology works. Like, you're slowly like desensitizing yourself to that stimulus. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like it's equivalent of caffeine. Like if you drink, if you drink caffeine every day, eventually like, like a lot of our parents, like they just drink it because like, it doesn't even like, it doesn't give them a boost. Like it, it's just like, 
They just drink it because they drink it, you know? It's like, like a tolerance thing. Yeah. Like, it's the same as alcohol. And people think that dopamine's somehow different. Like, it, it, it's like it's like an exception to the tolerance. But it's, no. like, it's literally the same. Yeah. Like, if you feed yourself that dopamine every day, if you're on social media, I don't even know. I feel like even if you're on social media for, like, an hour, like, I just, like, and then, like, you go out and do stuff, like, I don't think it's, it doesn't surprise me that, like, you're not going to, like, have as much fun doing like normal human things because yeah. like that dopamine you get you're 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 now desensitized to it and it's just not gonna hit the same and like i don't know i like i love those i think everyone loves those hits of dopamine like and i've more so been like getting those in in other ways yeah. like me and you both like don't really use social media and it's like and i can tell you firsthand like when i Back during COVID or whenever, like I was on social media all the time back then. I was not limiting myself at all. And like when I would go for a walk, when I would go for a bike ride, anything like that outside, like it didn't feel nearly as good as it does now. That's crazy. And you you can like tell the difference. Oh, for sure. Like, so I'm just not used to like feeling that way all the time, which I mean, maybe it has its good and bads because like there are definitely pros of constantly feeling happy but it's not genuine and i feel like you're just tricking your body into like this fake happiness which i i don't know social media is a dangerous thing it is i don't know it's just not good for people but it's so addictive and it's so hard to stop and it gets back to the discipline that I, i just don't think people have and like it's sad. Like, they, they literally design the ads, apps to be addictive. Yeah. Like, even someone as, like, disciplined as, like, as we are. Like, I I wasn't disciplined enough to, like, stay off of it. Like, I literally have to, like, when I post these these podcasts, like, I, 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 I literally have to, I have to delete the app, like, after I post. Because yeah. otherwise I know I'm going to just scroll and, like. For me, so that is easy. not something I want to do. And it's do, just like, mind numbing. It's so bad. You're just bro. sitting there, and you're not even consciously thinking. I know. It's, you you're just, just go caveman mode. You're, you're just bitch. moving your thumb, and like maybe you giggle every now and then, but you're not thinking. And like, that's what's crazy to me. I I still like use reels every now and then, but I couldn't like, I couldn't like remember a reel yeah. that I'm watching because I'm just like not fully aware of my. I'm just like not locked in yeah. in the same way. That's why I when I when I have free time now, I, I usually I haven't I haven't really watched a lot of shows lately, but I um I like more mostly occupy my time with YouTube and like a lot of what's on YouTube for me is like like science videos or like self-improvement videos. And I find that like I actually will remember some of that stuff and I'll bring it up in life of the germs sometimes. And like, that's how I know I'm like, okay, this is actually like offering some benefit to my life. Like I can relax. It's not just truly mind. Well, also like learning something. Yeah. yeah. And like being able to like maybe take away a lesson or two, you know, it was like, yeah, some of that stuff. And I, I think there is a time and a place for mind numbing for sure. Yeah. Like, everyone needs a brain break or whatever you're going to call it. But People spend hours every day. But, like, it, it comes down to the questions, like, does it need to be, like, who says it needs to be you going on Instagram? Like, 
why not why not just go for a walk instead yeah. like that's mine i mean that's like, what people used to do up till 10 years ago and, yeah yeah so it's just like i don't know man it's pretty crazy it is a lot of and then these are problems that like just like older generations like that that's what's so cool about the generation thing is that like every generation has different problems that they face and like they all like to say that like their problem was the hardest and like that they're also like the best generation but like i'm just gonna say right now like i'm not gonna pick who's the best but like i think like we all have our own like we all like all every generation has gone through hard problems and like I don't think any of us, any of any of the generations, is any better than the other. Like, mm. I don't know. I think we've all had our fair share of mistakes and and hardships. <laughs> like, yeah. sure, I'm not gonna try and like compare like the pandemic to World War Two. Like, but they're both, but they're bad. both hardships. Yeah. Like, in in very different ways. Yeah. And like, social media is one of those that like, if you're a boomer and you're still alive, like, yes, you can engage with social media, but like. You didn't grow up with it. Like, you didn't have it, like, influencing your life as much as it influences ours. The days, yeah, we just, you have such a different relationship with it. Yeah. I think it's so much different when you, like, grow up with something as compared to, like, it gets, there's this new, there's this new thing that comes about. Because now I see, like, now I'm kind of the boomer in a way. And there's these (laughs) new technologies that are, like, appearing. And I'm like, I don't know. I guess I'm like, I, I probably feel how they do. Like, I'm like, uh, I'm always like a little skeptical of it. I'm like, I don't know how Why this. Why do I need that? Yeah. And it's like, I feel like my, I think it gets back to, I'm like, well, my life is like pretty good as it is. Like, why would I need that? You know? And it's just like, whereas like when you throw in the like middle school, high school stuff, like to be honest, I feel like I wanted a phone because everyone else had a phone you know like yeah i mean i framed it to my parents as like well then like if i'm ever in trouble i can like call you <laughs> but like i never i don't think that i was ever the excuse we all use. i don't think i ever did that once like to this day i don't think i've ever done that like so it's like yeah I whereas i feel like in a lot of ways now i'm like i almost like don't want a phone anymore because it's like toxic in a lot of ways like <laughs> mindset is just like completely flopped yeah it's so weird it's like the more you know about it it's like you just see the dangers of it i think yeah i think i, I yeah i don't know i think that's similar to what we we're talking about before with like with like bosses and managers like the more and i almost want to say that's why gen z like has like these working average work times are so much shorter because like the more what I've found is like the more you get to know someone and the more you like interact with them the more like the more like red flags you ultimately see I think Mm -hmm. but then it becomes down to like it comes down to like your I think your decision it's like are those are those red flags like worth overseeing like like kind of like overlooking because you know the person that they're like they are a good person at the end of the day, you know, yeah. like, and I think that's something you have to weigh out. Um, 
And that's kind of where like cancel culture comes in because like cancel culture would say no matter how well you know that person, if they say one bad thing, they're gone. And that's what we talked about before with our generation doesn't like to give second chances. Yeah. Which probably is a good thing. Like people can make one mistake. It shouldn't ruin their lives. And obviously there's levels to that. Like if you really depends on the mistake, man. If you really mess up, yeah. If you murder five people, yeah, that should should really ruin your life. But they if you say one thing wrong, like why are we I don't know. I'm not and a you fan know the person that. well enough to that's the thing, like people can say some messed up stuff, but it's like if you know them well enough where it's like, okay, I know they said this, but they they like they meant it in a different way. And you know them well enough to know that they didn't mean it how they said it. Like, that's a conversation I recently had with, like, with a friend. And it's, like, it's so much different, man. Than, yeah. like, face value, you get, like, a like a little, like, bit. Or even it, it goes down to, like, like these little clips that, like, like the news loves to, to show. And it's, like, and then we just instantly judge. It's, like, you don't know them. Like, I mean, the, that's, like, the crazy thing of, like... The biggest example that comes to mind is like the Joe Rogan clips that all yeah. went viral of like, he said the N word 40 times, which he probably shouldn't have done regardless. Like, I'm not trying to defend him, but nobody looked at the context of what he was saying. Like, he was like quoting people when yeah. he was dropping that word. I'm like, yeah, should he have probably just said N word instead of saying it? Maybe. But like, it's not like he was like trying to like, bring down african-american yeah like there is no malintent in what he was saying so like and they tried to cancel him for it like i don't know i think people need to look at the context and like yes. understand things like you can't just take everything at face value life's not that simple no it isn't and there, there's so many layers to all of this stuff and it's just like yeah, it just gets like, and I, I, I will, I will tip my hat to older generations because they are so much better at like being like, okay, yes, they said that, but like, we're going to be understanding and like, and, and I think even this, like sometimes, like I think older generations are much better at giving like people the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, I, I think like if, and maybe, maybe it's not, it's definitely not conserved throughout, but I, I just think like. Right away when something when something like bad happens, like a lot of our generation like loves to just be like, oh, like he definitely like meant that, you know, or like she meant that. And it's just like, whereas like, I don't know, I think and maybe this just comes with age. Maybe it isn't even a generational thing. Maybe it's just because like those older generations are older. They've seen more. Yeah. And they know that like that face value thing isn't always what it seems, you know. And maybe, maybe that is, like, when the boomers were, like, the young generation, maybe they were the same way, too. And yeah. maybe maybe some of that plays in. Because I do genuinely think, like, sometimes people aren't as understanding with the, when they get older. I think some people are generally, like, less understanding when they get older. But then yeah. there are definitely the flip side of that, where they're like, okay, like, we're going to give you another chance because maybe you just, like... Yeah, but I think, like older people in general they have less patience they have yeah like i don't know and some of those things are just maybe it's the way they were raised. it's that is a weird dilemma is it like their generation or is it 
how they've aged. Because, like, and can they even give you, like, a good answer to that question? (laughs) Are you able to self-reflect at that level to, like, be able to know? I don't know. Who knows, man? I don't want to get old. (laughs) I, that's, that's one thing I've been trying to remind myself and be, like, grateful for lately, I think, is that, like, we're, like, in the prime of our lives right now. It's crazy. And anyone listening to this that's our age, you gotta remember that because <laughs> oh when I when I hear my dad talk about his twenties, man, like it like saddens me because he gets like he's oh you just like get like anyone t- that talks about their twenties that are like fifty now, like they get like so in their feels about it. And I know that like this is this is it, man, because like like it'll be it'll be good in different ways as you get older, yeah. right? But I just think like physically wise like whatever you want to do physically like do it now because like my dad's like i could do whatever i wanted like i never had any pain or anything (laughs) like it's more so gets at like your field it's a matter of time but also like i think it gets at like energy levels is a big thing like i have unlimited energy like i can wake up at five and then I, I go back home, eat like a 20 minute dinner. Like I'm just like rushing around and stuff, pack my lunch for tomorrow. And then I'll go and work like another two hours in my room. And like, I just like have this insane drive that like, I know like you're not you, like biologically, it's not sustainable. You can't do when you're older, but like now it's just like, you can get away with that crap, you know? And it's like, yeah. Oh, it's so sick, man. Like, but yet it gets down to the fact that like, yeah, like the twenties also come with a lot of like a lot of other like issues. Like yeah. mostly like I think just like figuring out how to be an adult. Yeah. I don't know. There's there's a there's like an older grad student at he's like about to graduate and his like famous quote is like, dude, like especially at the area you're in, like all of the twenties is like no one expects you to know anything. He's like, all the best advice I can give you in your 20s is just like, fuck around and find out. It's like <laughs> anything you want to do, just like do it. And like, See what if, if it fails, if it goes bad, doesn't really matter. You're in your 20s. Yeah. You don't know anything. So it's like, you might as well, like, that's an experience you have, you'll now take with you and learn because now he's like, it's the time to make the mistakes. Because he said, he's like, when you get into your 30s, like, People are expecting you that you know whatever whatever it is in life, your job, that you're supposed to know like yeah. what to do, you know? And like I guarantee when we get to our 30s, we're still not going to know that. You never I, know I don't that. I don't even think throughout your whole life you're going to yeah. know. But like the 20s especially, I think society as a whole like gives you the, gives usually gives you the benefit of the doubt. You know, he they're in their 20s. They're still figuring it out. Yeah, they're still youngins. So it's like, we might as well just be like hooligans, you know, and just like, and I, I do think that's great advice. Like just, yeah, just like my, the word I like is just like probe, like probe different things and just like see, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes when I meet new people, I'll like purposely, I'll like, I'll like purposely say things like not, not like borderline PC things, but just like say certain things to see how they respond so like maybe i'll say like a really cringy thing and just see like are they like weirded out by that and if they are like 
I don't know if I want to like be around them, you know, because yeah. uh, you know, because like the more you get to know me, the more like cringy, I get, <laughs> you know. So it's like, that's true for sure. But like when you first meet me, I'm I'm like. I feel like it's the same with everyone. Like, I'm not going to give you my true self. Really. No, you numb down who you are a little yeah. bit when you're meeting people. Partially because, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, uncomfortable because I don't, like, really feel comfortable around you. But also because, like, I don't want to give you all of myself right now. Like, I don't I don't even, I don't know if you're worthy That's of seeing. That's a lot seeing, of trust you're putting in someone. Yeah, I don't know if you're worthy of seeing the true me, you know? So it's, like. You got to work for that privilege yeah you do um sometimes it comes out in the pod but not always um but yeah i feel like that's that's what i i think i want to try to do more of in my 20s like just just like be willing to make the mistake yeah which also i think our generation is terrible at yeah i think i'm terrible at it i think we're at like an all-time I, I I think over any other generation, like we are so bad, and it's so hard because like there are some cases where you know like you're probably you're probably going to fail, but like the extent to which people go to like try to avoid that happening is like insane, you know. Yeah. Like instead of even attempting, they just won't even attempt. Yeah. And it's like, that is... A fear of failure is a real thing. It like, is. I've been learning. I've been getting better at that that little lately. I, like, out here, I don't... I want to say it was around, like, three, four weeks ago that, like, something in my mind just clicked. And I've, like, more than ever in my life been willing to, like, being, like, okay with making the mistakes. Yeah. Which I think was was such a flaw like i think especially when you go through high school it's like you just get it ingrained in you to like you don't want to be the outcast like you want to like kind of stay under the radar and like people know you but like you don't want to like you don't want to be known as that person you know and it's like but now i'm just at the point where i'm like i'm okay with that and like if people want to judge me for my failures they can't like i don't i just don't care you know i think you just like as you grow older you just learn to care less you know and you just learn to be true to yourself too yeah like you can't fake it no you You gotta be yourself i mean you can i know plenty of people it's not i've met plenty of people out here that are like that i i feel bad man like do you feel bad for those people like i feel bad for them what what satisfaction do you have in your life that's what i'm saying putting on a facade all the time that's what i'm saying like, I want to just tell him, I'm like, some days I, I really want to just be like, chill on the fakeness today. Right? <laughs> but it's like, like, I'm obviously never going to say that, but it's like. It's like, be yourself yeah. for once. <laughs> but yeah. I think sometimes, like, you put on the facade for so long. There's this Goosebumps episode that I watched. That, like, <laughs> there's, this, there's this Goosebumps episode, and it's like a book, too, that I read when I was, like, growing up that it's like it's this mask and this mask can like i think it can it can turn you into this like really smooth and like person that like everyone really likes Uh but then eventually like this mask will be start like becoming like attached to your face and to a certain extent you can't even pull it off anymore i hate that but it's such a good analogy for what we're talking about because i think once you put that facade on and you think you're like you you think you're like doing this and like everyone's liking you a lot more because like but now you always have to be that person to maintain those friendships you can't take it off you can't 
And if you do, then people are really going to be like, wait. Oh, you were just faking it this whole time? Yeah. It's just like... It's worse than the oh, long run. Yeah. That is so bad, bro. Like, thinking about that makes me like... <laughs> like, those people must have so much anxiety. You know? Like... I just... Yeah. I can't imagine living life like that. You just... I'd rather live my life embarrassed that people <laughs> laugh at me for doing embarrassing things. But at least on myself, you know? Yeah. Like... I don't know. This was a funny thing I'll bring up at a party. Like somehow it got brought up at this pregame I went to like a few weeks ago. Like we were talking about like, like if we like, like what kinds of soap we use in the shower and like, how do we, like, how do we wash our bodies? So like, what, what is the, what is the thing that you, uh, loofah? Yeah. Like people were saying like, do you use a loofah and stuff? And I was like, no, I just do like bar soap, like to the yeah. skin. And they're like, Oh, very like primitive, and then what? Some, yeah, like, and then like somehow I got on the topic of like, like do you wash your feet? And it like got brought up, and I I like I was just honest. I was like, I I was like I could pull this, and I totally would have pulled this in high school. But like I know for a fact, like I never wash the bottoms of my feet in the shower. That is so gross. I just don't. And they were like, they were like we're all going around, and they got to me, and they're like, you look like the person that does it, and I'm like. I actually don't. And like, it was so funny. And they're like, you realize how gross that is, right? And I was like, I will take off my shoe right now and show you the bottoms of my feet. They are fine. They are oh so good. God. And like, it was just like one of those moments where I was like, yeah, like I could have just lied about it. But I was like, what is the, what is actually the point? Like, there's no reason for me to like, like, I'm just gonna, sometimes the white lies there and like, yeah. Maybe I could have just pulled the white lie there and it probably wouldn't have had any real consequences, but it ended up being like, like a funny laugh in the end. And like, also like, I'm kind of the experiment. Like everyone thinks like you need to do it. You don't. Like, <laughs> dude, I'm just serious. Why do you find that so gross? Why do you think that's so gross? I just, you think You're about to wash your entire body. You think about all the soap that you use when you when it goes down. It goes onto the floor. You're stepping on the soap. In a way, you're 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 cleansing your bottoms right there. Whatever. I agree to disagree on that one. I do do the tops. I'm just like, oh, I don't want to reach all the way down and like, oh my gosh. wash the bottoms, you know. Like, but yeah, that's. That's that. I think that's a great way to. I think we should just end it. Yeah. What are we at? Yeah, we're almost at two hours. So I think we call it episode sixty nine in the books. Let's go. I don't know when you're gonna be on again, dude. Might be a while. Might be post one hundred. They're big numbers. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe we'll throw you in as a filler though, unless if I don't get a guess, so we be like. Backup I'll be on plan. again. Yeah, the backup. No, I don't know. I think similar to the, to the last episode. I think next time we record, we're gonna be very different people. Yeah. So we'll Always see. changing. We'll see. All right, we gotta get the crisp dab up in there. Oh, yeah! Boom. Episode sixty nine. Good night. Good night. I think we're rock and rolling here. This is decent.
心。